With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with Trent and I as we talk sports with you, a program that's going to have, well, we're going to do football, we're going to do baseball, we're also going to do college basketball coming up. Let's get to the BMW of Des Moines guest list in its entirety. It's Wednesday, and if you're a Nebraska hater or a Nebraska fan, 10.25 on Wednesdays is your time going forward throughout the Big Ten football season. Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star will start joining us on a weekly basis. Uh, the latest on the Huskers uh, uh, every single week with Sip. I like the segment. It's a little back and forth debate wise yeah, with, yeah. uh, with you and Sip, so it should be fun uh, as Nebraska will play Ohio State game one. We'll talk about uh, what's going on over there. Sounds like so there's a legitimate quarterback battle going on. Uh, Stephen M. Sipple, 1025. Bill Bender, more college football at 1045 ish. Uh, from the uh, Sporting News. He's their national columnist when it comes to this uh, college football. So Bill will join us. Oh, by the way, back at about 1020-ish, we'll be, uh, give you another keyword, give you an opportunity to win $1,000 in cash. 11 o'clock hour, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors David Kaplan. Cap, you'll be here a lot on his plate. Cubs. And potential changes, White Sox, managerial changes. We know that's going to happen. Uh, the Bears, as they uh, look to keep pace with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and uh, then to th- uh, finish things off, Rob Doster, who is uh, between jobs yeah, in yeah. college basketball. And, and one of these young college basketball guys that got caught up in uh, all the layoffs in the, uh, in the industry. He was with uh, NBC Sports and uh, got his walking papers, but is a really good college basketball mind. And with college basketball practice beginning today and the Big Ten beginning next week, and I know damn well we're not going to want to talk college basketball (laughs) next week, uh, I thought today might be a good opportunity to do that. So we'll get Rob Doster in here uh, to opine on college hoops before we get out of here uh, at just before noon. A couple of baseball games. The Astros are on the brinks. Altuve has the yips. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays cover more ground than anybody I've seen in a long time, and mm-hmm. that's not hyperbolic. And, oh, by the way, the Dodgers are in an 0-2 hole. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, we also have our first look at odds you can bet on offshore, odds you can bet on to win 
the Big Ten West. We have had did conference you, odds for yes. a very long time. Did you get those to our friends at MediaCon as we did. take our show today? Good. Yes, we will uh, have the TV show coming up, and you can catch that on MediaCom four times throughout the weekend. MC22. Uh, Thursdays, Fridays, and a couple of times Saturday. Getting ready for the gambling weekend, and we'll be recording that today. So the Big Ten West odds are out from Bovada. I looked at DraftKings, at William Hill, at PointsBet, at Elite Sportsbook. I looked everywhere on the legal side of things Uh here in our state. Did not find anything. Found odds to win, of course, the conference as a whole, but not to win the division. Finally, Bovada was the place. I I bet you they react, Trent, to the fact that an offshore company put that out. I bet Uh the legal ones react to that, and they'll have that up uh, and available within the next uh, day or so. I would assume so, yes. And somebody puts it out there, all right, our our numbers are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to do. But there's a Precisely right. You're you're precisely right. We talk about Circus Sports. They're the first one that puts out those college lines. And you see those numbers when they come out. One o'clock our time, usually right in that range. On Sunday, yes. On Sunday. And then when the rest of the books come out, usually a couple hours later, in the second half of the NFL games, they start to trickle out how different those Mm -hmm. numbers are compared. You don't... You want to be the opener as long as you get the the credit for it. Right. And you also put the low limits with the two. But you'll see how different those numbers are because you hang the first one, they're going to attack. And here's the thing. I'm not sure if it's done best, but you can subscribe... It's a, it's a, the last I recall, or I seem to recall that it wasn't cheap to subscribe, but you can actually watch bets coming into the properties to oh, the different really? companies, and, and you can see how the line is reacting and how much money is being taken. I think it's DonBest.com, but I could be mistaken. And look, they've all got access to everybody else's business mm-hmm. out there, and they react off of those lines. So now that um, uh, Bovada, an offshore company, illegal here in the country to wager, and they're coming back. See, Five Dimes is going to open up locally. Are they? Yes. Uh, not locally. Uh, in the Nationally, States. yes. In the States. They're no longer going to be an offshore book. And they were one of the big ones, Trent, as you well know. I mean, you broke the law numerous times here. Um, <laughs> yes, but But Five Dimes was a big, big, big shop. And they closed up shop, uh, and they will be... Um, Another one of my favorites. Now, if they get licensed, they've yeah. still got to get licensed. And they paid a huge, a huge federal fine to check that box, so we'll see. So here are the yachts. Wisconsin, as you'd still anticipate, even with the cone injury, mm-hmm. they are the favorite. Three to two, plus 150. Yeah, you know what? I'm anxious to see Mertz because there was so much hype around him, and I, and it hasn't gone away. He just got right. beat out. Yeah, yeah, he got beat out, and there was nothing for Cone to lose that job nope. a year ago. So that's what it is. They got, though, a very talented guy that everybody wanted. This was a five-star mm-hmm. quarterback. For sure. And one of the highest highest regarded recruits that Wisconsin's got, regardless of position. And it doesn't hurt to sit in your freshman year. No. You know, I mean, he didn't blow his red shirt. Obviously, this is a free year, anyways. But sit and watch the college game and practice and and, and learn. So I anticipate that there won't be. If, and I'm not. I don't think there'll be a drop off. It's not like Cone's, you know, world beater by any means. Not a fun price though at three to two. No, I, plus one fifty. I'm with you. So I was got to be second choice. They are plus two twenty five. Again, not a price that I would jump on at that number. Mm-hmm. You know, Minnesota right there with them? Well, remember... Oh, I know what you're smiling uh-huh, at. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we'll be talking to uh, oh, the beat writer gosh. for this program coming up in 18 minutes. The Nebraska Cornhuskers are the third choice. The third choice. Three to one. Yeah, look, the books are they're, 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 uh, cooking. Um, they're, they're changing things because they know they're going to get a, a disproportionate amount of money from Husker fans. Another thing for people that are either just learning about sports wagering or... 
just maybe don't understand the nuance of it. This is not what Bovada anticipates the actual, right. how likely it is. It is where money will come in. Mm-hmm. And they know they would get, regardless, a ton of Nebraska money. I'm, I'm sure right, they if have. If they would have been the favorite, Wisconsin yes. would have been the second choice. They would have been bad. We see this all the time in the point spreads over by the river mm-hmm. and how different they're going to have to do that because the Nebraska fans will fire regardless of what the number is. And that's why you have a number that, to us, doesn't, doesn't make, make a sense. whole lot of sense. Right. Because Minnesota, at the very least, should be the third choice. They're plus 550. Minnesota is? Plus 550 to win. Again, this wow. is just to win the West. Right. At 550, that's even with it. all those defensive questions. Yep. Secondary-wise, for that's sure. That's a bet I am willing to make at plus wow. 550. Like that number. Mm-hmm. Your fourth choice is Purdue. I like this number, too, at 20 to 1. Mm. It's a really nice mm-hmm. price. Illinois, not Northwestern, the sixth choice. The line I at 30 to 1. And then... At seventh is Northwestern forty to one, and I might fire at Northwestern at that price forty to one. Boy, that's good. <laughs> that is fun. And of course, I'll bet on all these other gate teams, and Wisconsin will win the division. Yeah, like always, yeah, right? Right, right. I mean, we were in uh, we were in Chicago Big Ten media days, and everybody's talking about everybody but one team, uh-huh. and it was Wisconsin. And we we know what happens, anyways. So let's that's good stuff. I'm glad you brought that up. I did not see that, um, uh, but uh, again, look for that to come to a DraftKings or William Hill. Now that Bavada has gone out on limb, they will react to that. You know, we, before we get into the baseball from last night in the NFL, and gosh, I was wrong, and I think most people were wrong on that game. We thought the point spread didn't make sense, and now we see why. Um, Maybe that's a, a warning to the betters out there. When we say something seems too good to be true, right. we've had a couple of these now the last couple of weeks, yeah. and that was one yesterday. We said the same thing with the Bears game against the Buccaneers. Boy, uh-huh. this seems too easy. Bears win the game outright. Yep. Same thing going into the game. How is this only a field goal? Three and a half. Tennessee hasn't practiced in two weeks. 17 days. 17, is that what it was? Yes. 17 days since they're all together. Final in, 42-16. Well, and you see some of the NFL players around the league reacting to the fact that who needs practice? <laughs> you know what? We should just do away with this stuff. Is I, it, Yeah, you're right. And I saw some of that, and my mind started turning last night. It's one game. It's an incredibly small sample size. But can we read more into this? Mm. You know what I read into it? The one thing I read into this, Trent, was... Kansas City's going to kill Buffalo on Monday night. <laughs> I'm going to overreact that way, right? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize this. It's a Fox game. Yes. So will that mean, I mean, I don't think it'll be Buck because he's on baseball. Right. So would it be Troy and whoever, well, it used to be Trump. Didn't Tom Brenneman bump up when Buck oh, was doing baseball? Yeah, I think that sounds he did. right, yeah. So I don't know who's going to be with them, um, and Aaron Andrews and uh, Christina Pink. Uh, anyways, uh, but it's a Fox game. I would have been looking for it on ESPN, and I would have thought we would have got Fowler and Herb Street in that game, but no, it's Fox. What did you think last night of Tom McCarthy and Jay Feely as a duo? Uh, not ready for prime time. Yeah, yeah. I thought that this was a... a Feely a, sounds different than almost any other color, color right. commentator. You know what I thought when I was watching the game, Trent? I thought that this was a team that in week... 13 you've got a 3 and 10 team versus a 4 and 9 team mm-hmm. and it's a noon kick and these guys are the uh, these are the two announcers that you get At least, so th- that's kind of what i thought i mean it wasn't horrible the game was horrible yeah, with the exception of Derek Henry throwing Josh Norman like a rag doll that was unbelievable and Ryan Tannehill um look He's a serviceable quarterback. Who'd ever thought that? But where I want to get to, and we didn't talk about it yesterday, and shame on me because I wanted to. Um, Tucker DeVries, pretty good local story, <laughs> yes, yeah. right? And I wanted to pick your brain on that. And just an opportunity for, 
you know, father and son, those mm-hmm. are cool moments, right? And it's going to be cool years in this case. Um, you've seen him play. Yeah, a number of times. A number of times, including the state championship game that mm-hmm. you called. So, so tell me about him. So he is... At the collegiate level, I think he can be a point guard, and I think he can be a very effective one. Between him and Sanford, his teammate at Waukee, who's going to Iowa, two top 150 players nationally. I always like at the collegiate level, I always like DeVries more. I, I think there's more upside. Now, what Sanford is for the system at Iowa, I think is a perfect fit. It's great marriage. He's got length. He can shoot it from the outside. He really works well with what Fran does. But in terms of making being a huge, impactful player, I don't think Sanford's going to be an all-Big Ten player. I think DeVries could be not just an all-MVC player, mm-hmm. but could be all-Big 12, all-Pac-12 if he would have picked Oregon, all-Big East if he would have went to Creighton. I think he has that wow, kind of ability. I really like him at the next level. Good. And I think Drake, this does, it's not going to be Doug McDermott right. playing for Greg. Right. We're talking national player there. That, that's right. a lot to put on somebody's plate. But very impactful in the same way. I, I think you're going to see that kind Good. of player. Got to get help. But we've seen on the run the last two years uh-huh. what dad has done. Yeah. Putting that roster together and, and late in the game in the first year, go out tie for the Missouri Valley Conference regular season. Yeah, it was a 12-6 and six year, but still, mm-hmm. it's a title. There's a banner that hangs for that one in last year. A very good team pulled the upset against you and I in the quarterfinals and, and made their run down at Arch Madness. This is impactful. And the other thing is, now, he's been at all the AAU circuits. Who else can he get? Ah, I see where you're going. Who else can he bring in? Who yep. else can he talk? Let's go to, come with me. Yep. Let's go win some titles. Let's win some championships. Yes, we're not talking about the one-and-done players. That's not where I'm going here. But some of those fringe top 100 guys and guys that he knows well, can he talk one, two of those guys to hop on a board with him and joining him at Drake? It could be an incredible run here. This is a big-time get. This is an impactful good player. Him. Good for Drake. The last name aside, he is a really, really good player. And I think if you haven't seen him, Waukee's going to be loaded this year again. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I will tell you, uh, DeVries, he got a good one in his son. <laughs> a guy that... We don't see guys like this don't show up at Drake. No, they don't. That, that's cool. Did you see how uh, Dad woke him up to recruit him? Oh yeah, apparently yeah. <laughs> Whoever's putting there the the uh, recruiting videos together? Oh, that's my buddy videos? Justin Smith. Does is that those. who does? Yeah, it? Light Smith Media. He does. He did the Sanford one too. Yes, because they're both terrific. Yes, he does really really good work. What's his name again? Uh, Justin Smith. It's Light Smith Media. Okay. Is uh, the name of his company. He does production for commercials and the like. Uh, he's helped me out with a couple of things in the past. Well, in we fact, just he, helped him out. Yes, and you look at like high school scoreboards. He does a lot of those uh, hype videos that are up there before okay. the games. He does a lot of that. So high schools out there. Give Justin a call, as you can see, and you've seen it. Popped yeah, out to you. It looked really good. Yeah, it really does well really done. good. Great Both work. of them. Both of them. Anyway, so let's get to last night. We touched briefly on the football. I don't know what more we can say yeah. about it other than... Ryan Tannehill, MVP? Mm, look at this team's playing well. Now, I, I'm anxious to see how they do on a short week, because they've got a division opponent... Who do they have? Houston. I believe it's Houston. Houston, okay. This week. So it's one thing. You know, we hear about the short week all the time. Yeah. Well, this is a really short week for them as far as Tuesday. Even shorter, and it's a noon kickoff for that game. Is it? So um, you don't even have kind of the half day to at least get your body even a little bit more right. You'll be kicking things off right at noon. Uh, at home, though. 
That's good news that for is Tennessee. Good. No travel. So I, I, the Buffalo, the Buffalo defense is is um, is not good. That was not that was not a good performance out of them. Uh, but speaking of defense, I want to start there because this Tampa Bay Rays team, Trent, they're absolutely legit. They're on the cusp of sweeping the Astros, and wouldn't that be sweet? Tampa Bay. How about the uh, how about the city of Tampa Bay? They got a Stanley Cup winner this month. They may add a World Series trophy to that. Might be. Two parades in the month of October in uh, in Tampa Bay. Now they, they and another one in February. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. It's not crazy to think. Although the Chiefs are probably going to have a say in yes. that, but uh, uh, we'll see. But I mean, look at there's a, a, I don't know. Arrows Arena. We we talked about him what a week ago. That mm-hmm. ridiculously hot start. He covers a ton of ground to left field. Yeah. You have short of Byron Buxton, the best defensive center fielder. Now, Kiermaier took a pitch off his hand. Did you see that? 92, 93, and you could see it instantly swell up. Now, the ne- x rays were negative, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering is he going to be able to fit his hand in the glove for oh, crying out loud? Right, right. And can he grip a bat? That's just it. You got those components, mm-hmm. though, but Margot went over. Yes, it is Margot. Our is. conversation yep. yesterday. Yep. I was listening very intently the first time he came up yesterday. Margot, yes. Yep. You had that. and uh, But he moved over to center field. It's a good team. It's yeah. names that you just, you just don't know. And I get, is that an us problem or is it just? Nah, they're yeah, the, well, they're the Tampa it's an Rays. Us problem. It's a, it's a, you know, they didn't play the Central Division this yeah. year. We watched the Cubs and the White Sox and the Twins uh, and the Cardinals to an extent because um, they moved the needle here. The Tampa <laughs> Bay Rays just, just don't. But boy, oh boy, they're fun to watch. Was it Fairbanks who made the play from his fielding his position last night? That uh, it was just one after another. One after another, making yeah, because uh, Fairbanks was the first reliever. Yeah, yeah yep, so yep. You, it would have been him. Uh, just so much fun to watch. Just uh, Renfro, the catch that he made in right field. It was one after another. And here's uh, you touched this briefly. I mean, Altuve's got his bat back. Trent, he can't throw. He can't throw the ball to second base. I mean, that opened the floodgates when they uh, they were trailing one nothing at that point. What inning was it? Uh, the fifth of the sixth. I want to say it was the sixth. Was yeah. it? Yeah. And they put up all their runs in that inning, mm-hmm. and it was all on the on the basis of Altuve fielded the ball cleanly, uh, tried to go to second base to the shortstop who was covering, and just not even close. And this has been the story of his postseason. So is he the DH today? Uh, it, it kind of yeah, feels like you have to. I think you do. We brought it up after uh, yesterday with Matt Snyder, and I think you do. When, when Dusty said "yips." It just you it, it was something. That out. It was cringeworthy uh-huh. for me. Like you don't say that. Right. You don't Not say about that. Your own guy. You don't say that word. And then you see what happens yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can play him at second base. I don't think you can. He can't play him so anywhere else. Going to find you. <laughs> right. I don't think you play him anywhere defensively. Uh-huh. So his bat's incredibly good right now. It is right now. Yep. So he's your DH, mm-hmm. and you're going to move things around. I, I think that's the only way you can do that if you're Dusty. Boy, what what a fun. Fun baseball mm-hmm. run this has been. The second guessing of baseball, one of my favorite yeah. things to do. And Dusty, this time it wasn't a decision, it was words. I can't believe the guy said yeah. yips. Now, I'll be honest with you, Trent. I did not see the comeback in the Atlanta. You were Dodgers done. Game. You were out. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I was, I was on the American League game mm-hmm. and I was watching the football. Uh, and I thought the game was over. <laughs> and then I look at the final 8-7. I'm thinking to myself, holy bleep, uh, what, what did I miss? I must have obviously not been on Twitter because that's usually how you know everybody finds up stuff now. Turn, get, uh, get to uh, who's got whatever's got it. Uh, 
Fox Sports One, mm-hmm. uh, get to FS One now or whatever. I didn't see it. So and I, and I guess the uh, the tying run was the third base when the final out was recorded, right? Yeah, and they had Pollock up at the plate. I mean, they were hit away from tying uh-huh. the thing up, and, and Pollock ground out to third. It started very, very slowly, strikeout to begin the inning, and there's an mm. error in there. Albies had an error. It just oh, it kind of right? felt like everything was coming. I was heavily invested in that game, more than the one or two units I'm normally playing. I love the Dodgers, and especially after that number went down, after, of course, the scratch of Clayton Kershaw. Mm-hmm. The same thing. If I had an actual ticket, I would have ripped it up. And the comeback was happening, and I was on the edge of my seat. Oh, here we go, here we go. And a ground out. That Dodgers team, just looking at that squad. This this this, this is far from over, in my opinion. I, I still think this is going the distance. You do? I love the fact that they got into it late. You know, they just didn't roll over. I think that they, yep, they're down 0-2, but I think they left the field feeling as good as they can mm-hmm. about themselves being in an 0-2 hole. It's not like they got shellacked 8-1 or whatever. Because um, what was it? It was 8-3 at one yeah. point, I want to say. Um, but I think you feel pretty good. You don't feel like you just you know you're outclassed. So my take. we'll see. The Braves now have played what is it? Nah, eight games, nine games, nine games overall. Sixty three innings. They have given up a run in only fifty seven of those sixty three innings. Mm. Fifty seven scoreless frames mm. there. That's tough to beat. Yeah. Now you got to put crooked numbers up, and that's what mm-hmm. the Dodgers did twice. It was still a run short. Three in one inning, and four of course in the ninth, but. I'm with you. It's not over, but it doesn't feel good. And this just feels like another in the long line of this Dodger team since they've rebuilt themselves multiple times, really over the last 15 years. And you know what we're going to see? We're going to see youth versus youth. Yes. If it is the Braves and the Rays that uh, end up colliding. All right, we'll take our first time out. Uh, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star, is going to join us. We'll talk about that Big Ten West. There is a quarterback battle happening over in Lincoln. Apparently, allegedly, we'll find out. Maybe Adrian Martinez is not going to be the guy. Uh, it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword FUN to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win 1000 bucks. FUN! To 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Steve Sippel, Lincoln Journal star, will join us for the first Wednesday now through the end of December when the Big Ten season wraps up. Look forward to that. Bill Bender, college football from the Sporting News at 1045. We'll go around college football with Bill. Cappy at 1105, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors, and then some college hoops talk. College hoops practice beginning today. Rob Doster will join us and he's got a newsletter out right Is he does how- yeah you can uh, you can sign up you can find the link on his twitter account at rob doster very easy to find rob and yeah you can sign up uh both for the free subscription there's also a paid subscription if you want to help him out had a deep dive here a few weeks back on iowa basketball and the defensive issues can a team like that... Is he going to get the player of the year right this year? I, I think so. He at least has not preseason. Does he? We'll, we'll see by the time we get to March. Uh, Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. And their families. It's time for SIP. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk corn huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up.
With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, and he's going to talk with us right now. It's 1030 on a Wednesday. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Stephen M. Simple from the Lincoln Journal Star. Sip, for the longest time, I was really worried we weren't going to be able to have these conversations. But as we know, uh, next Saturday, the ball will be in the air. Kickoff will be happening at 11 o'clock, uh, 2.30 for the Hawks, 11 o'clock for the Huskers. Uh, football is back, and the world seems better for it. Sip, good to talk to you, my friend. How are you, Trent and Ken? Yeah, Kenny and Trent, uh, it's really nice to be on with you. Who are the Hawks open with? Purdue. On the road. Purdue on the road will not be easy. Nope. Uh, these games, it seems like none of these games are particularly <laughs> easy. Um, all right, well, yeah, let's get it going. Absolutely, Sip. Uh, good to talk to you. So I know that you guys have had good access to the coaching staff, and uh, apparently there's a quarterback controversy over, not maybe not a controversy, but a battle, certainly. Adrian Martinez seemed like he was going to be the I was going to be his job. He's been the starter for the last few years, but apparently McCaffrey is going to make this decision maybe diff- more difficult uh, than some would have thought. What can you tell us? Is Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez a legitimate quarterback battle? Well, I mean, there's still, I mean, there's still people that are skeptical. I'm not. I was. I mean, going into yesterday's Zoom session with with Scott Frost and a few players, I was thinking that, I mean, it was it was becoming pretty apparent to me that McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey, the redshirt freshman, is a legit threat. And then yesterday, uh, Scott Frost's comments, I think, made it pretty. I mean, I, I turned the corner myself, and now I'm in full, this is a quarterback battle mode. I mean, I don't, I don't, now, I, I know what the skeptics say. Scott's got to do that to keep people from transferring right. or yep. keep people happy, whatever. I don't think it's that. I think that McCaffrey, I mean, Scott at one point yesterday said McCaffrey, when, when McCaffrey's with the ones, they move the ball exceptionally well. Um, I, they move it with Adrian, too. But and then, you know, it's not just what we hear on Zooms. I mean, there's very limited access to practice and the media gets no access, but it's not like you don't hear things. And, you know, as the, your open says, I have 30 years covering the team. So, you know, I know a lot of people who, you know, at least have a great idea of what, or a good idea of what's going on. And there's no doubt in my mind that McCaffrey's made a push. Um, I don't know what Scott, I mean, I don't, I don't know that anybody has a, uh, a, dis, a discernible margin. Um, if someone does, it's probably Adrian, based on what I'm hearing. But it's close. Uh, I guess. The, I guess the thing for your listeners to know is Nebraska has a couple guys battling the quarterback. Preparation time different than any other year. Certainly coming into the season, McCaffrey though such a dynamic talent away from the quarterback position, such an athletic kid. Is there a possibility that we see these guys on the field together? If he doesn't win the starting job at quarterback McCaffrey, that they play him at receiver and put him in the slot and do different things. Would you anticipate, or is he right now, since he's in the midst of a quarterback battle, is he strictly a quarterback, at least for right now? Well, Scott Frost covers his bases in that regard. He, I mean, McCaffrey 
Scott says is a quarterback. That's what he is. But in the next breath, he'll say if he's not playing the position, if Adrian is the starter, they'll, they have to find ways to get their best, most explosive football players on the field. And if that's, if McCaffrey fits that, then he'll be out there. I think the question right now is almost, and I wrote this yesterday, it almost is now, I think it's fair to ask the question, could Adrian play another position if he's not Ooh, the star? Wow. Just to balance, just to be yep. fair. I mean, I think you got to, I think there's fairness to the McCaffrey side there. I mean, everybody's always asking, can McCaffrey play another position? Well, I mean, I think in fairness to the McCaffrey camp, we should ask if Adrian can play another position. It's <laughs> a good point. So, um, I think it's that close, and uh, I mean, I'm not saying that like, I mean, it's I'm not saying it whimsically. I think they it's legit. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, they could play McCaffrey somewhere else, but. He wants to be a quarterback. Sip, what's the feeling over in Lincoln uh, with Moose? And I know he's pushed hard for that. And I, I saw your retweet of an article yesterday. Pinnacle Bank is going to open up, and that's where fans are going to not be asked to go, but if you want to, you know, to to gather uh, with Husker fans for the Ohio State game, Pinnacle Bank is going to be open. And they're going to serve beer and they're going to serve food, and they're going to put the game up, and you'll be able to watch it there. But where my where I'm going here, Sip, is. What's the likelihood, does Moose think, that the Big Ten's going to acquiesce a little bit to this? There's going to be no fans in the state in any stadium throughout the entire season. Does Moose feel that there's an opportunity for that to be readdressed? We certainly hope that that's the case. Look, and I know you tweeted it. You saw Jack Trice Stadium with fans in it, and it makes a noticeable difference. Even though there was only, what, Trent, 14,000 or whatever mm-hmm. the number was? It's a difference. Does Moose feel that the Big Ten is going to... Uh, revisit this and maybe allow a percentage of fans in the building? Well, the last I talked to him, yes, he hopes so. And so does the Chancellor, Ronnie Green, the, the UNL Chancellor, hopes that it's revisited. I Now, I am talking to Moose tomorrow, and I'll ask him that very – that's one of the questions I'll ask him. I don't know where he stands on it now. I know – where he stands on the matter, he has, he thinks people should have the right to choose, and he thinks that you know Memorial Stadium should have the opportunity to have as many people as the local health officials believe is safe. Um, that's his. That's been his stance. I doubt it's changed. Um, now you know we've had a surge here in COVID cases and positivity rate, so that that affects the conversation. Um, you know, the PBA situation, the last I heard, it's going to be limited to 2,000 fans. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, and it's a 16,000-seat arena. Um, I think that they'll have safety foremost in mind. It's pod seating and masks are required. Um, you know, there's hand sanit- There's going to be hand sanitizer all over the place. So, I, I mean, I think it's safe. I don't think it's... I don't, don't, I don't think it's Nebraska being obstinate. Um, I just think it's a, it's a venue that's not being used as much as they'd like, and it's an opportunity to have fans in there in a safe way. I, I mean, that's, I know that sounds very politically correct, but I, that's actually the way I genuinely feel about it. Sip, what are expectations for this team? It's year three. 
for Frost. Uh, you know the schedule and how front-loaded it is, how difficult it's going to be. Uh, is a 500 mark the kind of growth and improvement that people are expecting to see? Or are there still heights higher than that from at least a majority of the fan base over in Lincoln? Trent, you know how I am with these questions. It's really hard for me. I just don't. I think it's it's very – the question is very subjective in nature. Mm-hmm. And I don't – you know, if you ask 10 people, you you might get a few different answers. I mean, I'm not saying you'll get 10 different answers. I mean, I, I, I live here, so I can take temperature pretty well. And I would say that people are very realistic. Um, there's not – and I think it's realistic, sort of tinged with trepidation. Like, uh, you know, that first those first four games, um, you know, it goes Ohio State, Wisconsin comes to Lincoln, they go to Northwestern, and then Penn State comes. Uh, you know, I think people think, gosh, I hope they can get two and two out of that. Mm-hmm. Not easy. Um, and I think that's realistic. I mean, I think the key to the whole thing, I think – I, I mean, I sort of answer your question this way. I believe the key to the whole thing, and I don't even think it's close as far as what games, what game is most important. I, I think it's easily Wisconsin, the second game. Yeah, Ohio State's going to be really tough. Yep. If, but if you can get Wisconsin, if you can play Ohio State close enough, and perhaps in the second half, um, keep it close and, and pull some confidence out of the horseshoe. And then beat Wisconsin in the seven-game losing streak against Wisconsin, you know, and then take a lot of confidence on the road to Northwestern. Then that would set that would set up the season, I think, pretty well. The Wisconsin game is gigantic. You can get Nebraska can get Wisconsin this year. They they should be able to. Wisconsin doesn't is not going to have the kind of offense that they had last year. Cone out. Right. No Jonathan Taylor. No Quintez Cephas. Their you know their receivers are just adequate. Um, I don't know what I mean. What what's what's uh, that new quarterback? I can't say Mertz. his name. Graham something. Mertz. Graham Mertz. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he's got uh, other than a big arm and five stars. So, yeah, he's got five stars. You know that goes right. I know. The, I know. Yeah. Yeah. the The defense is going to be tough now. The Wisconsin <laughs> Wisconsin line is real. I mean, that <laughs> defensive line yeah. is a bear. And their secondary has a lot of star. I mean, a lot of starting experience. Nine guys with starting experience. Not as good at linebacker, but you can get them, and that's a huge game for Nebraska. So what's the uh, what's the concern over there? Uh, we saw Spielman transfer out, and, and he really. I mean, we I saw the TCU game, and he didn't have a role at all in the game. Cade Warner apparently stepping up big time uh, at the receiver spot. You mentioned that a uh, uh, JUCO that uh, that I'm not even sure he's going to play yet. Manning's his last name. We know Wandale Robinson. Think they're going to be able to run the ball both quarterbacks. So offensively, first sip. What's the concern? And then on the defensive side of the ball, um, what what's what's keeping them up at night on the defensive side of the ball? Well, offense. The concern again is receiver without. I mean, you. you I mean, you gloss over Manning, and, and I mean, it's, it'd be hard for you to understand everything over here. It's that's a big conversation. Manning, six four, two twenty five. Um, he was a top rated receiver in the JUCOs, and Nebraska fans are really counting on Omar Manning. And I'd be surprised. Now Frost hasn't said this, but based on what I'm hearing, I'll be surprised if he plays against Ohio State. Mm. Um, I just don't think he's practiced enough. So 
that's big. I mean, hey, they don't. I mean, they just they've lacked that big body. Now they got some, they have some guys now that sort of qualify as big body receivers, but they're all untested. Um, Cade Warner isn't that. He's not a big body speed guy. In fact, he didn't have a very good year last year. He played hurt a lot, but he didn't have that good of a year. There's no way you can. He's a you know he's a former walk on. Right. You don't lean on a guy like Cade Warner. You lean on a guy like Wondell Robinson. That's who you lean on, and he's good. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about Nebraska. Nobody's saying this explicitly. I just have a feeling it's going to look a little different this year. I think they're going to lean hard on an experienced offensive line. They love the tight end position, and they got a big, strong senior running back who's had a pretty good college career, both Georgia Mm -hmm. Tech and Nebraska. So what I'm suggesting here is you might see Nebraska go with a downhill running game more this year than they have in Scott's first two seasons. I think they're equipped to do it. They don't have the depth at running back. That I mean, it's not proven. Um, it's funny. They got 14 running backs and 10 are freshmen or redshirt <laughs> freshmen, but they do have the senior Diedrich Mills. Okay, so that's offense. Defense, man, I say it on your show all the time. It's the, it's the most important stat. I think, I think it's the stat that the program has to take care of before it can move forward. It allowed 5.7 yards per carry in Big Ten play last year. Mm. That's mm. easily the worst in the Big Ten. I mean, Rutgers was much – I think Rutgers allowed 5.1. So Nebraska allowed 5.7 yards per carry in Big Ten play. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's – I almost – it's embarrassing to say it. I mean, it's – that's what's got to get taken care of. There's no way they will advance as a program if they're allowed, allowing teams five yards of crack on the ground. Hmm. Sip, we are out of time, my friend. Thank you. We will talk to you a week from now. Game week, Ohio State, Nebraska. I'm anxious to see both of the first two. We'll get a good read on Ohio State if they are a legitimate playoff team. And then the following week, Wisconsin and Nebraska, obviously meaningful in the Big Ten West. Sip, we'll talk to you a week from today. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you. Kenny and Trent. Have a good day. You do the same. Good to talk to you and look forward to doing this on a weekly basis. Um, Sellout streak intact. (laughs) I get such a kick. I mean, they're clearly the rivalry's on. Uh It it is. Uh, I think, you know who I think Iowa State's rivalry still is? Arrival. I think it's still Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at stuff on that's Twitter. one thing Cyhawk could uh, get behind. You do the hatred of Nebraska. Absolutely. Uh, we'll talk to Bill Bender next. More on college football. Uh, boy, Florida. Ooh. Yeah. I oh. think that game's in jeopardy. Oh no! I, how can you yeah. play right? Right. Uh, we'll talk uh, college football with Bill Bender next. Uh, David Kaplan, eleven oh five Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and oh one oh six Bourbon Whiskey. Steal a little uh, Murph and Andy there as Bill Bender had a birthday this week. Our next guest here, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3. Mr. Bender, a crisp 41 years old this week. HBD, Bill Bender, he joins the program, Sporting News. Hello, Bill. Happy birthday, belatedly. Trent and Ken, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me on. Don't be showing an old man at 41 <laughs> out there, man. I'll be I joining you in April. It. I'll be joining you in April at the same age. Class of 98, Bill and myself. And uh, Bill, boy, as we get ready for this, we've now been on this planet about the same amount of time. <laughs> this college football season, how did it feel real to you finally last weekend? I know there's no Big Ten. You're a Big Ten guy. But 
how close to real did it at least feel as you were going through what turned out to be a really fun Saturday of college football? It was, and it's getting there, and we were in Vegas for it, so it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, it, 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 it it's getting real now, I think, in, in, in good and bad ways. It's getting real that the Big Ten's coming, and then it's also very real what happened at Florida this week. Yeah. So, you know, you got to take the good with the kind of scary and go from there, and you wonder how each like, – like I've told you guys each week, though, I think every week of the season, NFL and college – is going to be impacted in some way by COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just a realistic way of looking at it. Now you just hope that it's not enough that it's going to you know, end up canceling the season or, or have people act irresponsibly along the way. Bill, uh, before we get back into college football, uh, I was, I've been anxious to ask you about your Vegas trip. Just the fact that, <laughs> you know, did it seem busy to you? I'm not sure if you've been out there many Saturdays, college football or weekends in the past. But does Vegas seem like it's anywhere close to being what it typically is? Could you it was tell? Different. Yeah, it was a little different. I mean, I, I, not in a bad way. I mean, the sports books are the sports books. People still sit there. People still cheer. Um, you know, the previous times I'd been out there were, you know, once in the middle of the summer. Once uh, I was actually out there, with Ohio State, Michigan, or one and two, and that was a pretty amazing weekend. Yeah. That one was hard to top because yeah. of how many Buckeye and Wolverines fans were out there, mm-hmm. but. You know, there was some. I would say it's very much the same. It's very easy to lose your money to a slot machine, so that hasn't changed. And uh, then you, you kind of go from there. Uh, so let's uh, let's go to la- back to last weekend before we look forward. Um, look, I, I watched Clemson, Bill, and, and they and they just pounded Miami. And I didn't think Clemson played particularly well. I mean, they left some points on the field. Uh, the king, the king run was going to happen, but the just the mind numbing move at the end of the first half to try the sixty one yard field goal. I thought I think Clemson's got another level, and they pounded Miami. Your thoughts? Yeah, we kind of hinted at that last week that they were going to maybe flex a little bit, and they did. It's a good team. I mean, Miami's making strides in the right direction, but that Clemson program, when motivated, I mean, you know, the last thing you want to do is hit Trevor Lawrence late and and make him play better because he did. He played a little tougher and showed that that team is just on a different level than most. I think right now of what we've seen, they're probably de- – oh, no, they're not probably. Right now they're the most complete team in the country mm-hmm. based on what I've seen. Me too. And uh, that doesn't mean they wouldn't get a push from an Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State or somebody else. But right now they look like the most complete team in the country. So we have uh, from Bill Connolly's numbers the number one offense in America, Alabama, against the number one defense in Georgia – Kind of shocking this has not happened more often with uh, those advanced analytical numbers that he puts out throughout time. I think it's only happened something like six times over the last 50 years. But here we are, that great offense from Alabama. Mac Jones looks in control against Georgia. What do you anticipate here in the big showdown this weekend? I mean, a good chess match between two really good coaches. I mean, it's it's like you said, there's been a lot of questions about Alabama's defense this week. you know, can they do that? But I think the, the better question is, you know, how is Georgia's defense, which is very good, going to try to shut down a really good Alabama offense? And, and I think if you look at the last couple games, Georgia had these guys on the ropes, and um, they've had their chances to beat Alabama, and some of that gets psychological. And I think that factors at work when you look at this game. So pretty even matchup when you balance out the offense and defenses, and it'll come down to the quarterbacks and 
know, this is what we live for, these top five mm-hmm. matchups between great teams, and Saturday shouldn't be an exception. Yeah, uh, Bill, the, the Big 12, for the, for the most part, uh, well, they've got the week off, right? What is it, Kansas-West Virginia, Trent, is the only game in the Big 12 that's mm-hmm. going to uh, happen this week. Uh, and I know we maybe have, should have saved this for next week because um, we'll have you next week, and Iowa State, Oklahoma State, those two are getting set to collide. Just your thoughts, where we're at, you saw the Red River shootout, all the points that were scored in the football game. K-State, despite the fact that you know they're not going to have Skylar Thompson, another impressive win for Kleiman and his crew. Uh, the Big 12 and essentially their bye week this week, what do you think as they reach the bye? Well, I mean, Oklahoma, save face, and what a crazy game. That was, that was probably the best game to watch on the strip, was just seeing those two go back and forth all the way through. And then, uh, no, Iowa State, I told you guys, they're taking care of their business. And as long as they get a split between Oklahoma State and Texas, I mean, it's a good bet, and then take care of business and everything else, um, they'll probably be playing in Dallas. And, I mean, I don't know if they'll win, but I, I think, you know, that that's a team that definitely controls their own destiny a little bit with, with the big wins against Oklahoma and uh, TCU. So I, I think it makes for a very interesting season for them, especially coming off the uh, week one upset to Louisiana, who is in action tonight, yes. we have Wednesday football tonight. Yes, which we do. Yeah, and Coastal Carolina, a, good a really fun team to watch. They run the football, won't get it, get to see their aqua turf as this game will be played at Lafayette. But, yeah, real good one. And uh, first place, what, the front runner to the Sugar Bowl, right? That's the way it should be. <laughs> These two teams, the winner of this, should get the spot of the Big 12. <laughs> you know, they, they – <laughs> Yeah, is that how it's going to work? <laughs> no, it's going to be a fun game to watch with these two. And uh, obviously, uh, I'm excited to watch some Wednesday night football. But it, like you said, it's just uh, it's one of those wacky college football seasons so far, which the sport needed, to be honest with you. But I still think the power is at the top. You know, Alabama, yep. uh, Georgia, Clemson. I mean, Florida was a little shocking that they couldn't get a Oof. stop against A&M. And obviously, what they're going to deal with over the next couple weeks with the outbreak. But um that's just part of this season. Yeah, Kellen Mon was terrific in that football game. By far the best guy I've ever seen him play at the collegiate level. So um, what's the second best game this weekend in your mind, Bill Benner? I mean, all eyes are going to be on primetime on CBS for two versus three. But what's the next best game, pecking order-wise, if you had to choose? I mean, there's just not a lot on them. There's not a lot of meat on the bone there. I mean, tonight isn't bad just from the standpoint of, if you're looking at just trying to find a fun game to watch, um, that's a good one. You mentioned the Big 12 being off. Um, I mean, Florida LSU would have been fun yep. based on the de- desperation factor in there Some in, in some ways. But, I mean, if I was taking a look at the schedule, and here's a kind of a sneaky good one, um, Cincinnati-Tulsa, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Trent's game. Cincinnati, yep. you know, has got these aspirations to be the American Athletic Conference champ. And Tulsa, you know, they covered against Oklahoma State, and they beat UCF. So that's one that they can't take lightly. And then after that, I mean, if I could say A&M, Mississippi State. I don't know what's going on with Mike Leach mm. in that offense right now. Mm-mm. Who you take long-term, Leach or Lane Kiffin? You never know what's going to be behind door number two. <laughs> I think Lane, um, because I think Lane's going to be able to recruit in that conference. Yeah, and he has a little a bit point. more familiarity. You saw they were able to push Alabama for four quarters with a team that isn't even close talent-wise. Um so, I mean, scheme-wise, that's one thing Lane can do, too. It's just as much attention we pay to the air raid, and Mike Leach does a fantastic job with it. I think Lane Kiffin is one of the most brilliant offensive minds in the game, the way he can draw up plays, the way he can out-scheme a defense. And 
he showed that on Saturday despite the loss. I like the blue versus the orange in Kentucky and Tennessee. That's, uh, those uniforms, they stand out, and they'll stand out on HD. And Terry Wilson, the quarterback for Kentucky, I like watching this kid play. Bill Bender, uh, we will talk to you in a week's time. The Big Ten slate will be in front of us. And then it will feel like college football is all the way back, at least to me. Doesn't that seem like that to you, Bill Bender? It does, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks so much, and uh, hey, we'll go from there. Talk Happy to you birthday! Week's time. Happy birthday, Bill Bender. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. Take Good care. to talk to you, Bill Bender from the Sporting News, SportingNews.com, so where you can read Bill and all his stuff. Earlier this morning, John Rothstein of CBS tweeted. That Jack Nungy is completely cleared over on the college oh, basketball side as uh, basketball practice begins today. More on that with Doster in hour two. Yeah, in about a half hour's time. David Kaplan going to kick off hour number two. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial.